0: Mashiach now This is a Torah that I wanted to share from Rav Cook's Torah uh, or sometimes pronounced Rav Cook and this is from Parsha Chayi Sarah. I don't know if you remember that in that Torah portion the Eved Abraham the servant of Abraham Eliezer who some say is Og the giant Og of uh, Bashan That tall, tall individual that Moshe Rabbeinu at 120 years old uh, slew with a battle axe. Uh, Yeah, kind of ridiculous. But anyway, um, some say it was that guy. But either way, Og or Sleeka Eliezer was given to Abraham from Nimrod, or at least Eliezer came from the palace of Nimrod to join Abraham as a servant in his household, kind of the same way that Hagar came from Mitzrayim to be a part of the household as a servant uh, with Abraham and Sarah after leaving Mitzrayim. So anyway, all that to say is what happened with Eliezer is that there is a long, long section of Torah, just like in this week's Torah portion of Ayyigash. There's a long long section of Torah of Yehuda speaking. Yehuda is like going to town with his words. And the Midrash uh, also doesn't shorten anything as well. It it is pages and pages of the plea of Yehuda to Yosef for Benjamin. And it's really beautiful to hear when you think about what the Melech Israel uh, how he speaks and uh, the 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 beautiful ability to uh, to express himself. So uh, not that it's like lofty speech and all of that, which obviously that just comes with the territory. But you know, you think of like the Psalms of David. How lofty is that, right? But uh Melech Yisrael, the the Shekinah, uh rests upon him. He represents Malkut. You know, and so just thinking about uh, the the channel and the vessel that he is for uh, divine utterance, if you will, as far as uh, the expression of speech. Uh, Not that he is speaking the words of God like as if God is speaking, but uh, there is a level of Hashem's uh, ambassadorship or his, his the best way to say it is. There's a decree from a king that a bridge should be built in a certain sector of his kingdom. And once that decree goes out, the bridge gets built by the people in that particular area. So uh, kind of along those lines is when the king is speaking. It's is representing like something of Hashem that uh, gets decreed here. Which is why if you look at the future by Rabbi Hajioff, sorry for the long explanation, this is just a side note, Uh, but Rabbi Hajioff brings down, if you look at the ability of the king of Israel, he has the ability to put someone to death without going through the protocol of the Sanhedrin, which if you think about how powerful that is, because there are so many due processes that have to happen in order for a person to actually be uh, sentenced to death by any of the, the four uh, death decrees. The four the four ways that the court puts someone to death. And so the king can bypass all of that. So anyway, all of that to say that you have Yehuda this week with a long section of Torah, but if you go back to Kaye Sarah there's an even longer section of Torah devoted to the words of Eliezer, Ebed Abraham. And this is in regards to Eliezer going to find a Kalah for for Yitzhak, because Abraham dispatched Eliezer to go and find a Kalah, a bride, for his son Yitzhak. So, in Rav Kuk's Torah here, he brings down Brashit Rabba 60, where it says the conversation of the patriarch's servants is superior to the Torah of their descendants. I want to repeat this because this sounds very like, whoa, that's that's saying something, which it is. But it also isn't saying something that. You know, where people would think, oh, well, fine, the descendants Torah is on a lesser level and we should disregard it. It's like, not so fast. But if you check this out, it says the conversation of the patriarchs servants is superior to the Torah of their descendants. Now, let's think about this. The level of the patriarchs is something that all of Israel, which is the descendants of the patriarchs, the 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 children of israel are called believers and sons of believers so it is no doubt that we have faith you know when it comes to Hashem. just by being a jew like a that person is already operating in an area of emunah this is why we just got finished with hanukkah and we learned about that one jar of oil that was left undefiled with an unbroken seal that represents that unblemished spark within each Jew. And then you can follow this up with Rabbi Karlabach, Allah Shalom, may his soul be returned to his body, uh, where he says that while every Jew is, uh, what is it, while every Jew is not holy, every Jew is considered to be the holy of holies. Rukashim. So it's, it's along that line where you just basically you look at any one of us, you know, as human beings, and you're just kind of like, wow, like, that person needs help in this area, that person's killing it in that area. Overall, okay, maybe not knocking it out of the ballpark, but okay, they're good, they're average, you know, or wow, this person is so amazing, then you find out Behind the scenes, something is horrible or they make a mistake and you're just like, oh, you're not as awesome as I thought you were. Well, number one, don't put people on pedestals. And number two, only Hashem knows the heart. So this is why when you think about every Jew being like the Holy of Holies, this really will engender the the brotherhood and the belovedness of our fellow Yid. You know, and the Torah Wellspring brings down that when you see two dots next to each other in the the Hebrew writing, when you see two dots next to each other, like not one over the top of the other, but when they're side by side, that's two yuds, that's like two yids, two Jews. And two yuds is the way that you would abbreviate the divine name of Hashem, the yod and the hay and the vab and the hay. You can find this in the Handbook of Jewish Thought, Volume 2. And uh, there's a whole chapter about respect uh, for Hashem, like respect for the divine. But anyway, all of this to say is that when we are making ourselves equal to each other, like you're not above anyone, no one's above you, you actually lower yourself underneath someone to be like the dust of the earth. Because those who humble themselves will be exalted and all of that goes along with that in a community of people who lower themselves for each other, you actually elevate the entire community because everyone is like basically digging down and making like this huge structure pillared uh, foundation, if you will, where it just elevates the whole thing because no one uh, exalts themselves and brings down uh, the community in the process because we're all connected. This is why if you've ever played sports, the coach always gets on the team. You you people who've played you people, anyone who's played uh like basketball, especially basketball, oh my gosh. Let somebody on the team mess up one of the fundamentals or one of the drills or mess up the play or you know, do anything horrible. The whole team is getting on the baseline of the basketball court. And everybody's going to have to run lines. Sometimes they're called suicides. But obviously that's a hot word because of all that's going on in society today. But needless to say, there is a strenuous exercise that is about to take place that is not a part of the normal activities for playing sports. In other words, the whole team gets punished for the actions of one person. And so this is another reason why the enemies of Yisrael is also a euphemism for the sinners among the congregation of Israel. So it's a huge thing. And this is why as we're going towards Asara Betevitz, the tent of Tevet, like we need to be mindful of this because the siege of the Beit HaMikdash happened. Like when the the uh, the people who wanted to destroy the temple. Began to attack the city like attack the city walls and and things like that that began during this time There's so many things to talk about on that and that's not really what I wanted to get into But I wanted to just basically redirect our attention to the siege that we need to do is a siege of Gathering together and mounting up on Ourselves like really getting down to okay. I have a problem with this I need to push back against it, you know, and it's not so much that you don't need to uh, basically like reconcile yourself to it because you, in a a sense, you do need to reconcile with your, your weaknesses, you know, the things that uh, you're afraid of or that bother you or that traumatize you. There is a level of that, but the way that you have to really approach it is through community. Like you have to work with your fellow brothers and sisters you know, lean on other people. You know, with conversation, with sources, with prayer, with staka. Like, don't, don't undermine the power and the ability of giving staka, charity, like donating money to an organization that is reputable or giving to someone who is in need in the community in the name of. You know helping out your brother and your sister don't undermine that at all it is so so powerful the sages even let us know in the talmud that zdaka can save a person from death like that's how powerful it is there are curses that get torn up and obliterated, like obliterated and annihilated because of someone giving zdaka so anyway all of that to say is this is what we need to be doing with a siege of gathering together, lifting each other up and really lowering ourselves for other people and sanctifying the name of Hashem. Because Aserah Betevit is also the day where the heavenly court gets to decide, you know, is, the, are, is everybody ready for the temple? Like, I don't know. Look at look at the community of Israel. What are they doing? You know, like we need to quit all this. Like, are we going to dive in or not? Are we going to study the Torah? You know, and this is one of the coolest things that I heard that, you know, you have everyone who is all this wide spectrum of belief, Hashkafa, you know, worldview and um, how they think Hashem works and uh, what kind of sect they're a part of and, you know, who's their Rebbe and who's, who's their opinion of Mashiach, and who's not, who's definitely not Mashiach, and all of that, well, when you get people of these wide spectrums to get together and study the Torah according to the tradition handed down to us by our forefathers, that right there brings a whole lot of, like, turned up, it, it just, it is, it's just turned up, like, You'll just, you'll click, you'll bond. It'll, it'll, it's literally the kumbaya, like, seriously. Because kum means to raise up or to arise, like a resurrection or to stand up. Like when you want to tell someone, please stand up, you know, kum, kuma. This is what we say with the Torah, kuma Adonai, you know, arise Adonai to your resting place. You in the ark of your strength. We also say this, uh, And as we get ready to recite the Shemoneh Esrei, Kumabe Ezrat Yisrael, Arise, O help of Yisrael, you know, those things. So all of that to say, which, by the way, that little short prayer of a couple of lines is connected to Yosef. So we're literally taking Mashiach Ben Yosef, uh, him, like using him to raise up into prayer. So that's that's crazy. But anyway, and then when you're in the Shemone Esrei, obviously that's connected to Mashiach Bindabi. So uniting the two Mashiachs is coming out of the Shema into the Shemone Esrei. But anyway, um, we need to be together and we need to to look at this level of when are we all going to reach the level of the patriarchs and the matriarchs? When are we going to do that? The the patriarchs are called the Merkava of Hashem, the chariot of Hashem. They're literally like, if you if you know the patriarchs, it's like you are affiliated with the throne of Hashem. So therefore, if you look at this Breshit Rabbah about the the conversation of the patriarchs' servants, so the patriarchs themselves are the Merkava, and then the servants are around the Merkava, what is surrounding the throne of Hashem? The living creatures. So, like, we're talking like anyone who is a servant in the household of the patriarchs, especially like Eliezer. And this would also go for Devorah, the, the wet nurse of Rivka. Like, what? You know, like, we're talking like living creatures surrounding the throne type status. And so when they speak, it's such a high level of Torah. And if we ever, Bezrat Hashem, could merit to reach this level, that would be insane. So, anyway, he goes on to say in this this commentary, What does this mean? Is there everyday discourse really more important than the Torah and its laws? So, the lofty Torah of the patriarchs. In fact, the conversations of the Avot, which are the patriarchs, were a form of torah the conversation was on the level of torah like they spoke as if they were torah scrolls walking around oh this one time the word of god was made flesh and walked around like okay so that you know that that's totally a thing that we have been told about a particular person i'd more yeshua much but anyway, uh, this Torah was more elevated than the later Torah of their descendants. This is why understanding the Torah of Mashiach being so high is uh, incredible. It's really deepening the revealed Torah that we already know, the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu. Like, the one that was given to us, Asher Sam Moshe. You know, like, that Torah, like, to its depths. Like, the way that you elevate, like a person elevates is to go deep within the recesses of themselves. This is something crazy that I heard, but it's basically the Baal Shem Tov has a letter that he wrote and it was about how he made uh Aliyah in the kind of like in the Pardes and the, the spirit world. And he was able to elevate and greet the Mashiach. And, uh, he asked the Mashiach, when will he come? And he says, when your teachings, you know, uh, cover the face of the earth, like the wellsprings of your teachings go forth across the earth. Kind of like what we've heard before, too, like when this gospel is preached in the four corners, you know, those kinds of things, which, by the way, that gospel is the oneness of Hashem. It is unifications. It is basically Kabbalah and Hasidut. Like, this is it. Like, we need to be finding the unity in everything. Everything is so sparse and uh it varies and it's so uh it's so diverse but there's a there's a, a a singularity that exists within it all and that is Hashem when you can find the Hashemness in everything that is what is so so important this is why other people are not so different than we think Hashem has breathed life into the bre- the body of every human being. So, like, what do you mean that there's unredeemable qualities in people? Like, if you really get down deep enough. So anyway, when Baal Shem Tov was able to do that, that was him going deep within himself. That's the elevation. That's why when I was speaking uh, on the uh, Shabbat of Hanukkah for Parsha Miketz, I was talking about... Zot Hanukkah and all the insights that go with that, that when you're looking at the, the Hanukkah on Zot Hanukkah, you're looking at the Holy of Holies of yourself. And you're looking at basically your divine interface, like this is you, like how are you doing with being you, like are you fully expressed in this world or are you covered up, you know, are you holding back things, are you... Not dealing with things. Are you running away? Are you being a victim? You know, or are you writing your story and being the hero of that story? You know, those kinds of things. Like we need to be, we need to be operating on these kinds of levels. Like this is what's going to bring the geula. Like because everyone keeps copping out on things and and being timid and shy. You know, we're we don't have a temple right now. You know there's a lot that goes with the Rebbe and and people's perspectives of him, but one of the things about the Rebbe is that he he operated as if he was the Mashiach, and things happened, and things moved and shifted. So, I'm just saying, like, what are we reading here? (laughs) What's going on with Vayigash? Vayigash means to approach. Like, and uh like what you say, you know how when when it's like two people are getting ready to like you know square off, and it's like you know they kind of lean in like what like what you what you know like are we doing this? Are you ready? you know those kinds of things, but it also means on a on a simple level, just let me uh come closer to you so you can hear what I'm saying, and so I don't have to yell, you know those kinds of things, so but anyway, that's why I wanted to uh share and make this podcast because this is this is like, this is it, this is what we need to be, you know, and this is the season for this, this is the time, you know, we are rolling out more and further into 5783, so what's your, what's your Shana Tova, Umetuka, what is your, your happy and sweet new year, you know, what are your decrees, they got opened up for Hanukkah, what do you, what do you got, you know, let's use it. So anyway, um, we elevate by going in, and and this is something that's important to how to get to the level of the patriarch so that our, even our conversation can be likened to Torah so that we can be like someone, uh, you know, conversating with us is like them reading the Torah scroll like that is possible. We need to get there. And to get there, you have to really you have to refine some things. So anyway, <clears throat> all that to say. The part here that I wanted to go to, it says a conversation is natural, unaffected speech. The tour of the vote was like a conversation flowing naturally from the inner sanctity of their goals and aspirations. This is another reason why I was saying, what are your goals? What are your aspirations? What are your dreams? What do you really want? Do you know how to find out what you really want? One of the ways is to see what makes you mad because when you when something makes you mad or angry or frustrated you're getting a revelation of what you really want you know there was a one of the the teachers that I got to hear from the Gaula summit they were bringing down that i just got so angry with you know the the school system and how they were treating my kids and how they were treating other people's kids and the lack that there was of the support that I thought that the kids needed. So I decided I would step up and do it myself. And they created this whole uh, education program and uh, a community type platform where all the kids in that area can get together and have all these things that this person was really like mad that didn't exist and it, it moved them so much that they created it. That's what we're talking about, like channeling that anger to make it into something productive and creative. You know, for not just yourself, but for everyone. (laughs) So that. So then it says, going down further, the Torah of their descendants, on the other hand, lacks this natural spontaneity. It is a thought out religion based on wild or willed holiness, a compendium of detailed rules and regulations calculated to govern all aspects of life. These are the intricacies of how we walk out the mitzvot. It It's not just halakha. It's like, like really going in there, you know, like micro type, type thing. It says, this is especially true for the development of Torah law during the long years of exile. You know, as we got further into exile, further away from the temple, you know, this is one of the reasons why we literally have, like, it's codified in, in a written form the oral torah was never really intended to be that it was never intended to be written down but because things got so bad we got so far away that we didn't want to lose this information and then you know we just keep going like when you look at the complete art Scroll to for instance those weren't really the prayers that were being prayed back in antiquity like those are uh, 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 amalgamation of things over time, especially throughout the exile, you know, and there's continuing to be things, uh, put in place, you know, and and things like that. Not that we're adding to things, but it's just kind of like the long drawn out exile has really brought in some, some extra measures of things that are just like, okay, this is getting a little compact here. But anyway, so the Torah was limited to governing the religious life of the individual. You know, one of the things to think about, the patriarchs were shepherds. They weren't sitting in yeshivot all day. You know, there was a time where they did go to yeshiva, but they had to be out there and, you know, they had their family and running the household and, you know, servants and uh and things like that going on so i mean you didn't get to just sit and study in all day and just run away from the world you had to like literally be engaged in it so it says the torah of geulah the torah of redemption what is that it says with our natural return our our national return to eretz israel we also return to the Torah of Eretz Yisrael. The generation of natural rebirth has no patience for the feeble lights of Judaism as it exists in the exile. The generation of national rebirth has no patience for the feeble lights of Judaism as it exists in the exile, in other words, turn it up, bust out, break through, like let's go, let's do this, uh not possess, but we enthusiasm, I guess, or like energize there we go, energize this thing, turn it up, turn the volume up, hit the hit the nos basically. I don't know whatever whatever you want to use right there. The people seek lofty ideals and great deeds. This is one of the beautiful things I love about Rabbi Trugman Shlita, his class. Like when you get to see people on the the Q and A section, this is what we're talking about. These Torahot are just insane. You're looking at these people, you're like, what is going on? You know, and it's people from all over the place, just coming together like this is how you build a temple the temple is measured in units of light where the light at come on turn it up they aspire to build a model society to correct injustice and restore the jewish people to the state of autonomy and independence israel will be an independent sovereignty one day all of this stuff with borders and and treaties and like we'll we'll give you a little bit of this portion and we'll take back some of this and like you can have that spot we'll take this spot and and the land and all broken up and all this kind of, no 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 that is not going to be a thing crazy to think about but that's where we're headed And it says, there is an inner divine spirit driving their brazenness as they reject the paltry lights of exilic Judaism, exilic Judaism. Lights that glow faintly like candles in the brilliant midday sun. Torah in exile is like a candle in the midday sun. Wow. So what will satisfy the spiritual needs of the generation of rebirth? they will gain new life from the comprehensive torah of the patriarchs the daily Amidah prayer makes this connection it says god remembers the patriarchs acts of kindness and lovingly brings the redeemer to their descendants come on so the lofty zadikim must recognize the secret their task is to combine the two torahs that of the Avot with that of their descendants See, this is why we don't get rid of all of those stringencies and things like that. But we really need to bring that up into the level, like of the patriarchs. Like when will we reach the level of the patriarchs? And they will reveal a Torah crowned with honor and strength, beauty and splendor. This is adapted from or wrote page 66 through 67. So. So. Hello, hi Sarah. During the week of Parsha Vayigash, I I really just ask Hashem to to manifest the Temple, like that we are Zoker to see the rebuilding of the Temple. Any Temple or any generation in which the Temple is not rebuilt is as if that generation destroyed it. So we are no better than the people who destroyed it. That generation. If we don't have the Temple built in our times, so when are we going to stop destroying it? And why are we not receiving the face of Mashiach? Like, let's do this. Let's wash our face so that we have a countenance prepared and ready to see the Mashiach. And let's love our fellow Jew. And not just our fellow Jew, but our fellow human being. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And we know who our neighbor is. It's in the Aseret HaDeBerot, the ten words the ten, ten mitzvot, a.k.a. Exodus chapter 20, Shemot chapter 20. It begins off on Oki, and it concludes with Re'echah. I am your neighbor. Hashem is our neighbor. And when Hashem says on He says, I wrote myself down and gave it to you. Like, my soul, my neshama, is in the Torah. And therefore, when we look at how we are treating our neighbor, The letters on the second set of tablet, on the uh, second tablet, you know, there's the mitzvah between us and Hashem, the mitzvah between us and our fellow man, the letters on the tablet that corresponds to between man and man, those letters are huge, indicating this is from the Mabit, that it is really, really more important how we're treating each other as opposed to our relationship between us and Hashem. Like, we need to emphasize this. And this is how we will unite these two Torahs and Bezrat Hashem bring Mashiach now.